this church. He knows what I'm about to preach, that I didn't tell my son what I was going to preach. Amen. And he sang that song, but he has no idea what I'm about to preach. I think God has a message for the church tonight. I'm glad to be home up in the warm northwest. I'm so glad to be here. Amen. But even if it had been 80 degrees and sunny down there, I'd still glad to be home. Amen. That right, sister. Why don't you stand, Sister Sparks, and give a testimony. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to have all of our guests with us tonight. We welcome you to the Palace of Praise. So glad you are here with us tonight. Again, I'm glad to be back home. Again, I want to say thank you for all of the gifts and cards and the things you gave me for Christmas and birthday and all those things. You guys are so very, very kind. And I appreciate, you know, talking to people gives you a better perspective of things that you go through uh, setting at these meetings and listening to these people who have the Holy Ghost and most of them are pastors too they uh, listen to them talk about all the things they've gone through in 2014 uh, their roof of their church being blown off um, their church water pipes busting and flooding the whole basement of their church and having to have it totally redone and you know life just happens whether we're saints of God or not things still come our way it doesn't make us immune to certain situations it's the thing that makes the difference is how we handle these situations with the Holy Ghost we have a peace with God because of all this stuff because you know he's in control of everything and it's so interesting, I, I thought it was so unique after several different stories because we had banquets and all the things we were doing and so we were together with different people at different tables all the time and in meetings with a bunch of different people. So it was so interesting to hear them talk about adversity in their life. But then at the conclusion of them talking about their adversity, then for them to tell how they learned certain things or how it God worked miracles through those adverse situations and how God, you know, we really needed a new roof on our church, but we couldn't afford it, so God come along and blew the roof off of the top of our church, and then our insurance company paid for us a brand new roof, and not only a brand new roof, but then we insulated the whole inside of the roof. You, you hear them talk about those things, and then they see how God, what would seem to be a very bad thing, actually used it to bless the church. And if there's anybody who has money that we need, it's insurance companies. Amen? Amen? I give them enough money. Amen. So I'd love for God to take money from insurance company and give it to the church. So I hear all of those things. So in your situation, you need to start seeing God working miracles in your situation. 
instead of it being something that pulls you down, you should be saying, God, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. Again, it's great to have all of you in the house of the Lord. I'm going to get right to preaching the word of the Lord. If you would turn to Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4. And uh, it's great to have the bishop back up and going and in the house of the Lord. I'm glad he's here too. Amen. Uh, It's sad that Sister King is sick tonight and she didn't want to try to come out. We miss her in the house of the Lord. But God is so good to us. Romans chapter 4. I'm going to look at one verse of scripture there. And I would also like to mention there will be Moppet Pop tomorrow night. Mothers of Prayer tomorrow night at the Palace of Praise. And because of what happened at the last time we had the Moppet Pop, we had guests come in. Um, I would, we're going to have these doors up at the front here locked, and you will enter through the door back in the classroom by the gym. So that way we'll have less of a possibility of having unwanted guests in the house of the Lord. I don't really like for us to have male guests when we're having a women's event. Because I feel sorry for that poor guy. Amen. Amen. Anyway, can you imagine trying to do some harm to a bunch of praying women? I feel sorry for that man. I do. Amen. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 20 says this. Oh, let me also mention, remember our the 23rd will be our All Saints meeting here. It's our business meeting on the 23rd Friday, so keep that in mind. Verse 20 of Romans chapter 4. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I like those last four words, giving glory to God. Uh, I would like to read this verse for several different translations, but I'm going to allow you to go ahead and be seated tonight. I want to preach on the subject, don't waver. Don't waver. You know, there's lots of winds that are blowing today. Winds of false doctrines, winds of adversity. Uh, There's even things going on even inside of the apostolic movement that could actually unseat you also. But we need to be settled and we need to be rooted in the word of the Lord in the day in which we live. The Bible says, so then faith cometh by and hearing by the, we need the word of the Lord preached, read, and studied, all of us. There needs to be a consistency in every one of us. And I might pause to say it was so interesting at this meeting different people talking about what their theme was and their main word for 2015 was. You know what it was? Consistency. My wife was looking on, the, on Facebook or something and some pastor's wife had written, our words for the 2015 are unity and consistency. I think the Lord's talking to the church as a whole that he wants us to come together And he wants there to be consistency in our walk with him every day. Somebody say amen. I would like to read you that same verse of scripture from Romans 4.20 from English Standard Version. It says, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Another one is 
the New American Standard Bible, it says, Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And then another one's the International Standard Version. It says this, Nor did he doubt God's promise out of a lack of faith. Instead, his faith became stronger and he gave glory to God. See, Abram's and Abraham's and Sarah's physical condition contributed to their need to have faith in God. If they had been 30 or 40 years of age, no big deal when God gives them the promise. But because of their age and their physical condition, it required them to have faith in God if they were going to see and realize the promise that God was going to give them. That's the reason why this verse becomes so powerful to us. Is because it says, and he staggered not at the promise. He could not make it happen physically himself. It was going to take a miracle from God to make it happen. Thus, he had to rely on God and have faith in God. Church, for the year 2015, there are lots of things you will not be able to work out on your own. You don't, won't have the money to take care of the situation. You will not be able to do it on your own flesh. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll have faith in God and won't stagger at the promises, God said He'll take care of you in 2015. God will take care of you in 2015. We live in a world of distrust. Can anybody say amen to that? That's what LifeLock is all about. These companies are making billions of dollars every year. Why? Because of distrust. There are people in this house today that have faced distrust in relationships. They have been, your trust in that individual has been crushed because you believed them and trusted them, but they let you down because of their actions or their decisions in this very house. Because we live in a world today of distrust. It makes most of us skeptical of most everything. I've had many of you with decisions we have made here at the church come up to me and you express your skepticism about the situation. Why? Because we're supposed to distrust everybody, apparently. Well, I have a problem distrusting everybody. I think there are some people we need to trust. If you live in a world where you're always looking at everybody as if they're going to do you wrong, you're going to have a miserable life. You're going to have to trust. There's some people you know automatically. You just know. You feel it. Well, I'm going to keep my cards close to my chest on this one. Because somebody may be cheating me on this one. But look at this, the statistics. It says average number of U.S. identities fraud victims annually, 11,571,000 in the U.S., Percentage of U.S. households that reported some type of identity fraud, 7%. The average financial loss per identity theft incident, $4,930. Total financial loss attributed to identity theft in 2010, $13.2 billion. In 2012, $21 billion, not million, but billion dollars. 
2013, $24.7 billion of fraud. I think we can say that there is a little reason for distrust in our world today. There is a world that is seeking any way they can to get everything for free. But God is about faith. God is about trust, church. Salvation is about faith, church. And doubt is a tool that the enemy uses against the church. See, the enemy seeks to sow distrust among us. And distrust breeds disunity. Let me define doubt for you tonight. It's just some definitions that may give you some clarity on what I'm going to be preaching tonight. Doubt. To be uncertain about something. To be uncertain about something. To believe that something may not be true or is unlikely. To have no confidence in someone or something. Doubt isn't about being opposed to something, church. It is about being uncertain about something. Did you hear me? It's important you catch that. Doubt isn't about being opposed to something. It is about being uncertain about something. I think this is a powerful definition for doubt, this last one. It's this. This is a definition I got straight out of Webster's. Look at this. Uncertainty of belief or opinion that often interferes with decision making. That's powerful. That'll preach by itself. Let me read it one more time for you to digest these words. Listen to uncertainty of belief or opinion that often interferes with decision making. That uncertainty affects our ability to make good decisions, church. That uncertainty is affecting our walk with God. Doubt generates reservations in our mind and in our heart. And doubt can cause us to hesitate when we need to be acting church. Satan doesn't have to get us totally disconnected from God. He only needs to create doubt. If God is for real, then why did he let this happen to me? Doubt the enemy at work. If God is for real, then why does he allow these people to do such wicked things and get away with it? Doubt. Brother Steve Cannon was telling us this, this week about his son-in-law who was serving in Iraq. and He and three other soldiers drove their uh, armored vehicle, their, H, uh, their Humvee, and his son-in-law was the gunner on top of the Humvee. Brother Steve Cannon, some of you know him. He's the man that preached for us right here, and him, him and his wife from Mississippi. They're the uh, general Sunday school director of the United Pentecostal Church. But his son-in-law was on the gun on top, and these three soldiers and his son drove across a landmine, and it blew up and killed all three, all four of those men and in an instant. And he and his wife, the son-in-law, had a new baby girl that had just been born before he was sent over to Iraq. And Brother Cannon talked about his daughter and how she had struggled with this and how she had struggled with the fact that God would allow this to occur to her 
and to this little girl. And, and it is truly a difficult and a sad situation, but I imagine sitting right here in this house, there are situations that probably some people don't even know about that has generated the same type of doubt in this house. Distrust in relationships, you've been done wrong. Abuses that could have happened physically, mentally, sexually. There's all kinds of things that could have happened right in this house that when we look at the faces here, we don't even see what's really going on in the heart and in the mind. But the enemy can take things like that if we don't put them under the blood and he can use them then to pull them up and cause you to begin to start doubting the power of God. And you can even get to the point where you begin to blame God for things that have happened in your life. See, doubt can cause us to lose our way. Can somebody agree with that? Again, our society is filled with deception on every hand. Jesus warned us to beware of false doctrines in the last day. See, false doctrine is rooted in the seeds of doubt. False doctrine is rooted in the seeds of doubt. The path to false doctrine is paved with doubt. See, the path to false doctrine always begins with a question. And that question, if, if, it's, not, if it's not honest in its intent, can lead us to begin to doubt what you know for fact and what you know to be the truth, church. And that's the reason why you need to know what you believe. That's the reason why you need to know what the book says. Come on. Again, doubt is one of the tools of the enemy. And he takes it and begins to sow doubt into our minds about the things we believe. You know, it is a blessing for us to be raised in the church. It is a blessing, I'm going to say it again, for you to be able to be raised in truth. And I thank God I was raised in the United Pentecostal Church and in truth. I'm thankful that as a little boy I laid underneath the seats there in the Tennessee campground and the sawdust all on the ground and everything and everybody dancing and I've told you before it's a miracle I didn't die laying on a little pallet on the floor with all of that stuff going on. I, they, my mom and dad be ch ch would probably be charged with child abuse today for that. But there I laid without any kind of air mask or anything on, on the floor with all that sawdust going. And guess what? I survived with a minimal brain damage, but I survived. Some of you said amen to that. I heard you there. But it is a blessing to be raised in truth in the United Pentecostal Church. But, but there is also some danger of being raised in the church your entire life. Because if you don't really fall in love with truth and what is right, then situations that happen to you while you're in the church can cause you to doubt even the, the very existence of God. I know what I'm talking about. I have set 
with young people who have been raised in the church, not just here at the Palace Parade, but all across this United States of America, youth conventions and youth camps and all kinds of different settings, and heard them tell me, well, I'm not even really for sure if there is a God. Being raised in church their whole entire life, what is it? It is the tool of the enemy who has sown doubt into their life through all kinds of situations they went through. It could be even what went on in their own home, what they have seen in leadership in church and even in their pastor in their own church. And it shows, and the enemy takes those things and begins to start sowing. I feel I'm in the Holy Ghost. These aren't even in my notes. But he can begin to start sowing doubt in your life and saying, God, if you're for real, why did you ever let that happen to me? I was in the church my whole life. Why did you ever let that happen to me? You know what? You better arm yourself with faith in the Word of God and faith in God. Amen. I'm telling you what, bad things happen to good people. And we are not immune to the things that, hey, things come into the church. Not everybody who goes to church is a saint of God and a Christian, folks. And they let things in the door and they, they're not in my notes. I just feel in the Holy Ghost here for a moment. I'm just talking to someone. Young people, you're raised in a church. You need to fall in love with this truth. You need to put your nose in the book. You need to learn the Word of God. Because things can happen to you. Things that your mom and dad, I know, I have sat in this very office and had young people in this church start telling me things that have happened in their life that their parents, no one even knew that ever happened in their life. And here are these kids are going, man, they blame God a lots of times and they doubt whether God, because if God was really real, he could have stopped that if he'd have wanted to. I'm going to tell you what, we can't question God and how he operates in the whys that happen in our life. We've got to trust God in all of the adverse situations as well as all the good times too. That's the reason why not only our adults, but our kids for the year 2015, you need to have a consistency in your walk with God. Because things will come your way. And I'm telling you what, if you're not rooted and grounded in that word, the enemy will start sowing doubt into your mind. And that doubt is going to eventually lead you to walk away from truth. I feel the Holy Ghost. You know, there are things that happen to good people. People that were raised in the church and they've seen a lots of good things in their life, but yet at the same time they've seen a lots of things they never could understand. God, why were they allowed to get away with that? And why was that person allowed to get away? I'm, I'm telling you, this is not even in my notes. I'm just feeling the Holy Ghost right now. It's just coming to me and in my mind right now. I'm talking to someone. I'm here to tell you, God knows exactly everything that happens to every one of us. His eyes are not closed. Do not try to explain why God lets it happen. I do not know. I, I just, Man, I'm telling you, I just feel the Holy Ghost all over me right now. My Lord and my God. I tell you what, I remember my own daughter. I, I, I walked into the house, back door of our house. I may not get my sermon preached tonight. I walked into the back door of my house, and, and as I shut that sliding door, her, her room that I had built her was right there to the left. And as I walked into the thing, I heard someone crying and crying and crying in my house. 
And I thought, what's going on? We just came out of church. What's going on? So I knocked on the door and I said, hon, it's dad. I said, can I come in? No. I said, hon, dad wants to come in. And she said, okay, come on in. So I went in and she was sitting there and she was crying and sitting on that bed. And, and I said, what in the world's going on, hon? I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. Why are they getting away with this trash? Why is it that God lets this stuff go on? Why is it that it's, it's ruining people and it's destroying people? I don't understand this at all. What's going on, church? Doubt. The enemy right now is sowing doubt into her mind to begin her to, be, but to even doubt the very presence and the spirit of God and to doubt whether there's even a God and the judgment of God and, and all of those things. Let me tell you something, young people. I don't care what you see. It's not up to you to be the judge and say, oh, I want to judge this judge. I'm going to tell you what. You need to make sure you walk with God every day and keep your hand in the hand of God every day because you will not always understand everything. You will never understand everything. I don't care if you're young or you're older. Honey, I've seen people walk away from God. Why? Because they said, I don't understand that. What was going on? The tool of the enemy sowing doubt into their minds and their hearts. I'm here to tell you, there is a real God. There is a real God. There is a real God. Hallelujah. My uncle was in the church and doing very well in the church and serving the Lord. This is many years ago, folks. Serving the Lord, all of the family was in the church, all of them going to church. It's not even in my notes because the Lord's just bringing this stuff back. And, and all of a sudden, that pastor fell. And then my uncle, it sowed a seed in his mind. Because, see, his faith and his trust was in that man and not in God. You need to be able to trust me. And you need to be able to have faith in me as a pastor. But you really need to have your faith anchored in God. You need to have your faith anchored in God. Amen. So if this man makes a mistake, your faith is rooted and grounded where it needs to be. So that, honey, if I go off the, left, off, off the left side of the earth, folks, you will still be strong in God. I'm here to tell you, I'm encouraging someone tonight. You need to be anchored in the Word of the Lord. Get your nose in the book. Anchor yourself in faith in God. Doesn't matter what situation comes your way. My uncle to this very day, he become an alcoholic and he's still an alcoholic. Honey, his kids are gone. Every one of them had been married several, several times and they battled several different things in their life. Honey, but what would the story have been if he wouldn't have begun to doubt whether God was really real and, and about the power of God and what God can do? I'm here to tell you, the enemy in just a moment of time can sow just one little doubt in your mind and the next thing it does, it begins to feed it from people that are around you and things you say. Let me tell you something. If you want to find an excuse not to live for God, just watch us long enough. Just watch me and everybody in this church long enough and you can find a reason why you think you don't have to live for God. But I'm challenging you tonight. Lift your eyes a little higher. We're just human and we're just flesh. But my God will never let you down. He will never fail you. You can have faith in my God. 
Somebody needs to shout hallelujah. See, the enemy seeks to sow doubt into our minds. Case in point, in Genesis chapter 3, and you don't need to turn there because most of you know the story, but even the serpent, serpent, they spoke three words that were the same. Those three words were God, said, and hath. Three words. Eve arranged them in this order when she's talking to the serpent. She said this, God hath said. She was making a statement, and this statement is a statement of an absolute. God hath said. But the serpent uses the same three words, but he arranges them differently. And he arranges them like this. Hath God said? Hath God said? The arrangement now is a question. And this question now is generating doubts in the mind of Eve. And the question seeks to make Eve evaluate what she once knew as an absolute. She makes a statement, God hath said. But the enemy comes along and said, hath God? Again, it is that seed of doubt being sown into her mind that, hey, is that really what God has said? Is that really what God wants you to do? And then that seed of doubt led to disobedient against the very will and word of God. Hear me tonight. What may be posed to you as a simple question that seems to be so innocent, honey, may be the very thing that generates something in your own mind and heart where you to begin to start questioning whether God really exists or whether God really is really who He says He is. We have got to be on guard, full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that God can help us to recognize the voices that speaking into our spirit. There are people that never want to have anything else to do with God. Why? But it's something that all started with just a simple question. Do we really need to do that? Do we really have to do that? Faith causes obedience, church. Hebrews 11 and 8, it says this, And Abraham, and it goes on, but basically it says this, And Abraham obeyed. Why? Because of faith. It is our faith in God that helps us to stay true to God. The loss of faith in God begins with a small seed of doubt. When a person loses faith in God, they also lose the desire to follow God because they become skeptical of God and the things of God. Doubt can be a tool that the enemy uses on any of us. You say, oh, no, 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 I'm, whew, I'm on fire for God. Really? Well, there's a fiery preacher, and he wasn't intimidated by the politicians of his day. He even preached against the lifestyle of the most powerful political figure of his generation. He wasn't intimidated by the religious leaders of his time. Actually, he called them a generation of vipers. He boldly proclaimed the truth about Jesus. And then one day he found himself sitting alone in a gloomy prison cell. And now his mind begins to work overtime, church. And then things happen that we can't understand. And it was interesting when I was studying this. Look at this. John was in prison in Machamus. And Jesus 
is near Jordan, and they're not too far away from each other. So here's, here's John the Baptist in prison, and Jesus is in Jordan, and he's not very far from where John's in prison. Now get this, not very far. But I found an interesting statement in Matthew chapter 4 that's interesting. You don't have to turn there, I'll read it. But Matthew chapter 4 and verse 12 says this, now when Jesus heard that John was cast into a prison, he departed into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum. Now you say, what's the big deal about that? John was being informed of what was going on with Jesus to a certain extent. Galilee is several miles north in the opposite direction from where John the Baptist was in prison. I wonder what John was thinking when he received the news that when Jesus heard about you being in prison, guess what? He took off up to the north in Capernaum, a long ways from here. <laughs> doubts. The enemy sowing doubts and using everything that happens in our life that we don't understand to feed those doubts. Well, I don't understand why Brother Hendrickson did that. I, I don't understand that. Oh, what, what, why did he do that? Therefore, and it begins to generate doubt in our minds and our hearts, church. I wonder what he did with that. I wonder what effect this had on John the Baptist. I wonder if he had problems understanding and kept asking why. If Jesus has all power, then why does he come down here and liberate me from this prison? So John then calls two of his disciples, and we can see this, and he instructs him to go to Jesus and ask him this question. Are you the one who is come, or shall we look for another? I think he had some doubts. I said, I think he had some doubts. But he was the same guy out there looking at Herod and saying, you know what? You're living in adultery. It's the same guy who's looking at all those religious leaders. See, you bunch of generation of vipers. Boy, bold and full of faith. And now he's sitting in a prison in a different situation. God puts us in different situations to test our faith. He puts us into situations that then, honey, we have to trust God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we have to guard our minds in those times more than at any other time. Guard our minds at those times lest some thought be sown into our minds that causes us to doubt the very existence of God and the work of God in our life. Can somebody say amen to that? See, the mighty preacher of righteousness is now bothered with a seed of doubt. Hear me. You never get to a point that you are immune from doubt. Matter of fact, how many people in this house, you've battled with some doubts in your life and your walk with God? Anybody? I think that's the majority of all of us. It is difficult and it can be dangerous to try and to figure out why God does what He does. That is the reason why the Bible says we are to walk by faith and not by sight, church. The enemy uses the tool of doubt on every one of us. The devil can't keep you from getting the Holy Ghost. But it's so interesting 
that 99.9999% of the people receive the Holy Ghost, the first thing they think of is this later. Did I really get the Holy Ghost? Did anybody have that thought ever? See, he couldn't stop you from receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost when you had faith in God. But it didn't stop him from coming later and beginning to sow a seed of doubt in your mind whether you ever even got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's how the enemy works on every one of us. Again, no one is an exception to the rule. I'm almost done here tonight, but Matthew chapter 4, you can turn there if you want to, but it's so interesting. This statement is found five times in the word of the Lord. And all five times, it's, they speak it to Jesus. And I think this is interesting. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 1, Matthew chapter 4, matter of fact, we will, we, for time's sake, I'm not going to read all of this, but Matthew chapter 4, and we'll skip down to verse number 3. This is when Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But verse 3, look at the statement that is made here. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're there, could you read that next seven words? Anybody? What? Huh? If... Now look at this, he, he starts off, this is the first words that this tempter is going to say to the man Christ Jesus. This is the first words he said. Do you see the very first word he says? What's the very first word he says? If. 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 If God was alive... He could do this. If God was really in control of everything, he could, if God was really God, he could, he could have already healed you. If God was really God, he could have already intervened in your financial situation. If God was God, then he could, he could have already inter intervened in your relationship problem there. If God was God, then he could already... I'm going to tell you what, God is God. But the enemy is sowing doubt into the minds. I'm telling you, I feel the Lord is giving this message to someone tonight. But look at what he says. If thou be the Son of God, then he takes off. But look down at then at verse number 4 as the response of Jesus. He says, it is clarity for this supposed doubt that is being trying to be infused into his mind and into his heart is how? It is warded off by what? We need to be rooted in the Word. We need to be rooted in the Word, church. You need to know this book. Because He's coming your way and He's got a message for you. Hear me. Then He says it is written. Now then, go down to verse number 6. This is interesting again. So He gets taken... He gets, we get that one all taken care of. And then the devil takes him up into the holy city and sets him on the pinnacle of the temple. And then he says to him, what does he say to him again? If. Starts off again. If. Doubt. If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. And it's so interesting, verse 7, it says, it is written again. You didn't get it. Stupid, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy, if thou be the Son of God. 
son of, if thou be the The enemy says, son of God. But Jesus says, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Woo! Let, give me, let me give you something else. Luke chapter 4, you don't have to turn there. Verse number 3, here it is again, the same incidents again. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 3 says, And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that they be made bread. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 9, it says this, And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. You say, so what's the big deal about this? This is the beginning of God's ministry. And so here's the enemy comes along. And the very first thing he does to attack him is to start trying to sow doubt into his mind. Hey, he was God, but he was also man. He was also man. If you are who you say you are, if you are really who you say you are, church, hello? But look at this. Matthew 27, turn there. Matthew 27, he starts his ministry. Two different instances we read. He uses the same seven-word phrase. If thou be the Son of God. If thou be the Son of God, doubt, doubt. Serpent, what did he do? Ask the question, hath God said? Doubt. I'm preaching about we don't need to waver in our faith in God, church. We don't need to waver in our faith in God. Matthew 27, I'm going to begin with verse number 35. Look at this. Verse 35 of Matthew 27. They crucified him and parted his garment, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And they that passed by him reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. Anybody want to read the next seven words? Hmm. If thou be the Son of God. Huh. Isn't it interesting when he starts his ministry? He's faced with the seeds of doubt, if thou be the Son of God. And here hanging on the cross in the last moments of him, guess what he's still facing again? Someone else coming along and again sowing the seeds or trying to sow the seeds of doubt. Look at verse number 42. It said he saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him right. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. He was the almighty God of heaven. 
See, the Bible states this in Hebrews 4 and 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Isn't it so interesting that the devil is talking to Jesus and he makes a statement, if thou be the Son of God, and then it is so interesting that then on the cross it's people that are walking by saying, Church, there are spirits working. See, now Satan's not walking in front of the car, in front of the cross with his little pitchfork and his little red suit. He's not doing that now. But the spirit that hung him on the cross, the spirit that was trying to destroy him and destroy anybody's faith in him, is now walking in front of the cross saying the exact words that the very devil himself was saying to him. Church, there are spirits that are working in our world today. There are spirits that work in the church today. And honey, not everything that speaks in tongues is God. And not every voice you hear talking to you is from God. We need We need to know the voice of God. The Bible says, my own, they know my voice, and another, they will not follow. Not everything you get in your minds from God. I thought it was so interesting. The very same phrases they walk in there before him and say the very same thing to him again at the beginning and at the end of his ministry. Church, we never get too old. For the enemy to begin to try to work on us to make us doubt if God is really who he says he is. We need to be careful. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. Can somebody say amen to that? We need to be careful when he starts sowing things into our very spirit church. And words that are coming to us. I'm going to say something that you're... Be careful and I hope you don't miss interpret what I'm going to say but we also need to be careful even the words that we receive from people in the church I'm not saying we need to doubt everything you say but we definitely need to make sure it lines up with the word of God it was probably about five or six months ago someone came into me and I talked to them about a situation I went to the bishop and talked to him about the situation and and, and I've I felt the Lord had given me an answer. I went to him. He said the same thing that I had felt the Holy Ghost had already given me. I went to that person and I began to talk to them and tell them what I felt. They came to me and asked me. That's so interesting to me. You ask, but you don't want me to tell you. So he asked, and so then I went to him and talked to him and said, Hey, you know, this is what it is. La, 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 la. Well, they went and sought counsel with someone else. Happened to be another pastor. Well, guess what? He gave them a different message. Guess what? They don't go to church anywhere now. Because, hear me, the devil puts doubts into our mind. But God's also given us a pastor, 
He's also given us the Spirit of God. He's also given us the Word. And all of these things need to line up for our own protection. Not that I'm somebody great, but God wants us to be able to hear when He's speaking to us, whether it's through His Word, through His Spirit, or through the man of God. Not just me, but different ministers who stand in that pulpit have talked to us. Amen. He felt like I was trying to give him a false message and try to keep him inside of a, in a box. That wasn't it. It's what the Holy Ghost wanted for him. But then the enemy comes to him and sows into his own mind and thought, well, pastor really don't have your best welfare and your ministry at, in his mind and in his heart for you. Doubts. Doubts. That literally caused him to walk out the door and leave us. Church, you better be careful. You need to be careful because it can start as just a simple little question that seems to be so innocent. It really doesn't matter. It, it seems such a small thing. But in time, I, I know of a man, his son has just walked away from truth. And he said his son came to him and asked him this question. Oh, I'll tell you what. This is really interesting. <laughs> I was talking to a pastor I'll tell you who it was, Brother Tom Foster from Texas. I was talking to him. It was so interesting. <laughs> his son, youth leader of his church, and he came into him, <laughs> and he told him one day, he says, well, Dad, I don't really see the importance of all of this stuff. You see, I, I don't really see the importance of this, and I don't see the importance of that. And Brother Foster said, you know what? The minute he started talking to me, I knew exactly he had been listening to. <laughs> because it's all over that area there near his church. He said, I knew exactly he has been talking to. The youth leader, full-time on the staff. I, I, this, when he told me this story, you know what? It really increased my faith in that man. And here's what he said. He said he looked at his son and he says, so that's what you believe, huh? He's got a real draw. And his son said, yes, Dad, that's what I believe. He said, okay, that's fine. You're fired. He said, I'm giving you. I thought that's pretty cool. He said, I will pay you for 30 days, but I don't want you to be back among the young people. <laughs> that was, a, that was that's, tough, that's tough to do. And he said, but I want you to be back among our young people. And his son said, oh, so you, you don't want me to be hanging out with them? He said, that's right. He said, that's exactly it. Another thing is, you're going to pay your car payments, you're going to pay your insurance, and I'll pay for your schooling, but all the other bills, and you're going to pay rent in this house from now on. Because he said, I'm not going to give you a free ride on something that God has given to me that I have gotten through truth. This, he just told me this this week. And so this is, a, this is great. So his son left. That's not great. But the story as a whole is great. Let's read him on tape to the end. So he left and went to this church where he was hearing that thing. And Brother Foster told him, he said, you call me every day. And he said he called him every day. And they started promoting him. He was a music guy, preacher. So they moved him up, moved him up in this big, this big church. And all of a sudden, he said, it's about six months later, he got a call from his son. He says, Dad, you know what? I, don't, I didn't really agree with everything you were doing. But he says, you know what? 
these people are going a little further than I thought that is really right. And they're, they're doing things I don't really see that either. It's kind of really crazy. They're way out there. Now, his dad said, he said, yeah, that's right, son. It's what I told you. You'd have to hear Brother Foster. He's a great guy. But. And so he said his son left there and went to a smaller church. He said it wasn't truth, but it was moving closer. And he went there. Well, he thought they were going to be a little stronger because they were going to be a little more what he wanted. He said he went there and wasn't for long. He said he got a call from his son and said, Dad, I went over here to this church, and I've been going here a few months too. But guess what, Dad? You know, they, they're, they're, they believe this and this and this and this. And you know what? That's not what you taught me. And that's not truth. And Brother Foster said every day his son was gone, he would get up and walk down the hall, and he made his daily prayer altar his son's bed. Because he said his son got up immediately after that meeting, packed his bags, and left. And he said, I went down every single day. He said, I'd go down and soak those bedclothes with my tears, praying for that, my son, every day, every day. So he gets a call from him and says, Dad, I want to come home. And Brother Foster said, he said, whoa, 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 hold on, son. Me and your mama's just got used to having you out of the house. I'm not a... I'm not for sure I'm interested in getting you back in here again. He said, and plus, we're going to have to talk about some things and make sure we get some things straight around here. And he hung up the phone, went to bed. He said he got up early that next morning, went down to that bedroom to pray, opened that door and walked in, and there laid his son across the bed. And here, there he was. He'd come back home. He said he sat down and started talking to his son. And his son said, I was all wrong. You know what happened? Even with a preacher's kid, even with a preacher's kid, the enemy sowed a doubt about what he really believed into his mind and made him think, well, maybe this really isn't really right. Brother Foster said they talked for a long time. And he says, his son, since that point, has literally been invited to teach on holiness and on doctrine at different camps. And Brother Foster just retired, Brother Tom Foster. And you know who is the executive pastor of that church now? That very son. See, we go through places in our life where we may not understand everything we read but young people, stay true to God in your prayer life. And moms and dads in this church, you better hear me well. If we ever needed to be praying for our kids, we better be praying for them now. And if we ever need to be praying for all of our children or our young people are in this church, we need to be praying for them now. Because there are winds of deception. There's spirits out there. There's so much distrust that's in our world today. We need God to somehow help to anchor every one of them to truth that they be rooted in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. As you stand, I want to read this last verse of Scripture tonight. It's this. Mark 11 and 22. It says this. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. 
But he didn't just stop there. He said, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And this is interesting what he inserts in there. He says this, and shall not doubt in his heart. I'm going to tell you, the enemy wants to sow doubt into our minds that we can't see what God has already promised to some of you that's right in this house. God's already promised He's going to save some of the kids of some of you parents right here in this house. God has already promised some of you that God's going to bless you in a certain way and do certain things in your life. Here, I'm here to tell you tonight, have faith in God. Don't waver and don't stagger and don't let the voices of doubt that He's trying to put in your mind. Honey, have faith in God. Nothing doubting. God, if you gave me a promise, you're going to be able to do it, God. If you said it, I believe it, God. Come on, is there anyone in the house that believes the Word of God tonight? Come on, we need to believe them for our lost loved ones, oh God, that are not in the church today. God, we need to believe these backsliders that God are going to restore them to God. Amen, church. There are people that have been wounded. Honey, the church needs to believe and quit doubting. Oh, it'll never happen. They don't even want God. and They'll never come back to God. Honey, it's time we quit doubting and listening to the voice of doubt and we begin to be, have faith in God. God, I believe you can restore them. God, I believe you can change their heart. Come on, somebody put your hands together and shout like you believe it tonight. Come on, my God is real. I said, my God is real. He's still a miracle worker. Don't waver. Don't doubt. My God is able. Woo, come on. Shout unto the Lord. Let him know you believe in him tonight. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Is there anybody who wants to come down to the altar and right now begin to worship the Lord and praise the Lord and begin to latch on to your promise? Hey, God is able. He is able. He is able. Hey, if you've been doing through some financial situation, you've been praying and God's given you a promise, believe God. Have faith in God. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, church. I feel the Holy Ghost. God's been talking to people in the house tonight. I rebuke every spirit that's been trying to whisper into the hearts of this church. God, let your word be in the mind and in the heart of this church. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray, church. Come on, come on, rejoice. God's going to give you His promise. Come on, quit doubting God. That's a, that's a tool of the enemy. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Come on, believe God for healing. He can heal you. He can heal your family members. Have faith in God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, I believe in you, Lord. You are able to do all things, God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, you are truth, God. Truth personified, Lord. You are the great I am, Lord. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, Lord. You can do all things, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, you need to claim the promises of God tonight. 
Come on. You've been praying for your children right now. You need to take faith in God. Latch on to it. Believe the word of God. He's able to break everything that's holding him in bondage and set their soul free. Come on. God is able to change hearts in this house tonight. People, oh God, who've had doubts about God. People who have been bitter about things that's happened in your life. God is asking you to simply trust Him. Believe in Him. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Why don't you pray for one another? We need a move of God. Hallelujah. 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 Woo, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, let's pray for one another. Somebody release your faith. Come on. Come on, God's for real. Come on, God's for real. Come on. Hallelujah, God is for real. Oh, God is for real. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Come on, God's doing a work right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. Come on, nothing doubting. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, you need to speak to the enemy and say, Hey, hush your mouth, for it is written. God's given me a promise. His word is true. Come on. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Come on, hallelujah, church. Come on, hallelujah. Oh, God, we need you, Lord Jesus. God, we need you, Lord Jesus. This world, God, is depending, Lord, upon this church to have faith, God, in you. Help us, Lord, as a church, God. Lord Jesus, to have faith in you and to believe you, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, help us, Lord, to be like Abraham, God. Not to stagger, Lord, or we wavered, Lord, at the promises. But, oh, God, the latch hold, Lord, of the promises. Promises, God, that you have given, Lord Jesus, by your Spirit, that this house, God, might be filled. Lord, that people, God, might be restored. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost moving. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in a good way. 
Come on, he's moving, he's working, he's dealing. Hallelujah, he's building up. He's encouraging tonight. Come on, you can make it. Come on, you're going to make it. Come on, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. God's got you in his hand. Don't doubt it. God's got you in his hand. It don't matter if you've made mistakes. Trust God, he will take care of you. Oh, God, we believe in you, Lord. We believe in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, feel the Holy Ghost is talking to this church that the enemy is using some of your past failures to generate doubt in your mind for your future. I believe the enemy's making you look back at the things you've done wrong and getting you to focus on that and it's causing you to doubt whether God really will answer your prayer, if God will really ever work in your life or use you for His glory. I want you right now, if the Holy Ghost is, if you're the one the Holy Ghost is talking to, I want you right now to begin to plead the blood of Jesus Christ because He can cover your thoughts, your past, your mind, everything with His blood. None of us are perfect and we all make mistakes. And I want the rest of this church to begin to pray. We need some things buried underneath the blood right now. Lord, 
God, I plead your blood, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, over the thoughts, Lord, of this people. God, about their past, Lord Jesus, that is hindering them, Lord, for their future. Oh, God, I plead your blood right now, Lord, and I bind, oh, God, those thoughts, Lord. I bind their past, God, even, Lord, the very year of 2014. And yet many years ago, Lord, things, God... Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, you said whatever we bind on earth would be bound in heaven. Lord, we bind it by the apostolic authority of your word. Lord, I bind these things, God. Lord, and we cast them, oh God, underneath your blood. Lord, release minds in this church that they may be able to do the will of God in 2015. To reach, oh God, the ministry they need to reach, Lord. And to do, oh God, and reach their full potential in the Holy Ghost. Oh God, to reach the place, Lord, where they once walked with you. A deep depth in the Holy Ghost, God. A daily consistent walk with you every day. Lord, let your blood God cover these things in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for answering our prayer tonight. Oh God, we rejoice, oh Lord, tonight for the release, oh God, from our minds and our hearts. Oh God, help us, Lord, to keep our eyes upon you. To press toward the mark of the cries of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus our sacrifice, our lamb Lord, oh God your blood God washing us from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, oh God thy will be done, thy will be done, in Jesus name, in Jesus name in Jesus name oh God we rejoice tonight Lord because of your word because of your presence Lord Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, 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 oh Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let's raise our hands and thank the Lord for the move of the Holy Ghost tonight and the release of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, tonight, God, for your word and the power, God, of your word. For faith truly comes, God, through your word, Lord. 
God, thank you, Jesus, for what you have done tonight, God, in helping us, Lord, in the midst of our battle, God. Lord, our faith, God, to believe you for anything, God, and for everything, Lord Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord, tonight, God, for your peace, Lord, which passeth all understanding and the joy of the Lord. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I just can keep having the Lord pounding that thought into my mind, bringing into captivity every thought. You know, I wouldn't be your pastor if God was not able to cover our past with His blood. And none of you would be saints of God if God was not able to cover your past with His blood. Sometimes we hold on to things that God is wanting us to let go of. And sometimes it may be many years ago, I just, the Holy Ghost just keeps pounding this in my mind and I don't know why, but it could be years ago, but God is just saying, release it, let it go, turn your face as I preach to back up the road and look from this point forward and let the blood of Jesus Christ cover the past because your future is bright in God if you will have faith in God. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. If you want to continue praying, you're welcome to continue to pray. It's been great to have all of our guests with us. We're so glad you are here tonight. It's been good to feel the presence of the Lord this morning in our service tonight. It's just good to be home. I'm so glad to be home among the people of God of the palace of praise. Hallelujah. Remember that there's going to be mop at pop tomorrow night. Ladies, please come for that. Mothers of prayer, use the back entrance of the church because we'll have all the other doors locked for your safety. And remember church Wednesday night. So look forward to seeing you all of you then. God bless you. Why don't you have a moment of fellowship and just say something positive to somebody.